0: Welcome back to Distinct Nostalgia by MIM, more than a podcast. Brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and Mersey Care NHS Foundation Trust. Staying well, staying home. Another Big Corrie interview now in the street's 60th birthday month. Ashley's been speaking to someone who caused something of a stir on the cobbles when he first arrived in the late 90s. Yes, he's been chatting to Bruce Jones, who played none other than iconic character Les Battersby. Have fun.
1: Now you came into the streets, Bruce, in 1997, and to say the least, it was um, something of a uh, revolution, wasn't it, for um, cast members and fans alike, really?
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was unbelievable. But I, I remember I was finishing a film with Bob Askins 24 seven, and I got a phone call. I've been. I had. i would got a four or five day break, and I went over and did the full months so yesterday that Come back and finished the twenty fourth, and then I got a phone call to go to Granada where I'm at Brian Park and Julie Afield, and I sat there for ages and ages, and I, I didn't know what I was there for, and I thought I was there for something. I'd been asked to do a way back called chain gang. I'm, I was. Trying to, and Brian Park was asking me about Rainy Stones and films and TV series I've been in, whatever. And I never got to know what I was there for. And eventually, I, I just, I said, listen, I've got to go, I've not seen my wife for over three weeks, so I need to go home. It's now, it's now gone seven o'clock and, she, and then she gave us, we try goes, your wife knows where you are, your agent knows where you are and everything. I said, so, okay, so sat down, he got another brand of drinks in. And, he, and he, I said, what is this? And he went, he told me about these characters that, that, that they were bringing in to his program. I went you must, you've gotta be joking, they're gonna be whatever they go in, they're going, they're gonna they're not gonna be light. He said, No, they're gonna be active, I think. I said, What programme is it? And he, he says, Somewhere, and like, he says, Coronation Street said, No, thank you. <laughs> no, no, I bought that for my kid and uh, with my grandmother and my mum and everybody, know, that family's gonna be uh, that family you're right, the family for the male, it's not it's not gonna work for me. I I'm not doing that, no. And then another hour in I, I, you know, we want you to do it. So I, I, I signed for it and I thought, okay. And we arrived in the street like the bloody Beverly billies. And I knew from that day on it was going to be hard getting out of there, walking down the street. And I said to the Kian we're going to be hated. You know that, don't you? And the first thing we did was rob a drill out of the van. And, uh, and from that day on we started and we became the family for now, and through my word, we did get we were, we were I remember getting spit out, I remember getting threatened with a pill cue, get out of that show, you're upset my grandmother, and take that family with you, you're nothing but trash, you shouldn't be in that show. And we took, we took some, for nearly two years, I think we took some uh, abuse, and oh, I thought, bloody hell, this is never going to end. But after two years, we sort of turned it around and yeah, then people started to like us and then after that after that initial two years we were we, we were part of the street we, we were we were there and we were accepted well course we turned it around into a comedy way and made it a bit different and i mean i used to pencil different lines in under my scripts and give them the director and the next morning he'd get cleared for me the next day that that day to say and he let me do it so for me, the two years of being acid we became like favourites of the street, if you like. We became really part of it and we, we that's when we really settled in after that two years and the changes around and then we started to love it. Well, I looked it anyway from the beginning, but I loved it even more when I wasn't getting shouted at or being acid for being you know, I was in there. And that was it.
1: Yeah, it was certainly a, a big culture shock for a lot of um, Coronation Street fans at the time. I suppose it's a bit like Emmerdale with the Dingles, in a way. You know, that, that similar kind of thing. It's sort of uh, throwing in this, this uh, a big bomb, really, in a way, just to, to, to liven things up and see how everyone reacted, kind of thing. And but um, Had you met um, any of your co-stars, Vicky and, and Jane and, and Georgia, before? Did you know them
2: before at all? Uh, no, I hadn't met them before, but I met them the week we started filming. We all went in to meet each other. And that was the first time we all met up. And we all got on so well that it, it gelled into the programme. So, yeah, it, that that meeting, that initial meeting we had before we started filming was, was... I think we all needed that. We all needed someone we were working with. And I, I remember, rightly, Georgia Taylor hadn't, hadn't been cast by then. She came. It was me, Vicky, and uh, Jane Danson. They were still casting, uh so yeah. But then, a couple of days later we all met Troyer and the four of us all met again and that was the Battersby's then because they got the Battersby's so it was time to start work it was the next week we were in and uh, we started work I still remember my first line I spoke in Coronation Street I remember that first line Uh, what was my first line it was have you got the key or what (laughs) <laughs> to number five, basically, that was my first line on Coronation Street. Was that line? Have you got the key? As
1: you said before, you'd grown up watching it, so you knew exactly what people expected with Coronation Street. Was it also a culture shock to the other to the other actors? Because obviously, you were coming across these people who you'd watched on TV for years. You know, like Bill Roach playing Ken Barlow and all the others. <laughs> you know, was it a bit of a, a bit of a culture shock to them as well? Do you think
2: a culture shock? I think I apologised to people before I did my lines. I'm sorry. I've got to say this. I was apologising and saying, "Look, I've got to be really rude here." And they the said, "Don't worry about it. It's just the show. It's just." But I'm thinking about the audience watching it, and I think I thought, "Oh," and I have got to like Betty Driver and some of the, the female cast and say, "Look, I'm sorry about this. I've got to be so awful here." And they know it's okay. Just go for it. But I remember my mum phoning me up. uh to be at the screen about a week, we'd been in, and she wasn't happy with me. And uh, she said, I don't care what you do in that show, but if you upset that nice Mr. Ken Barlow, do not come to my house again, and I won't come to yours. And I thought, Mam, it's a TV it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not real. And she was adamant, if I upset him, I was in trouble. I knew that very upset. The first month I was in there, Ken Barlow. And I thought, oh, God, I'm in trouble now. And I remember going home and I said to my wife, Sandra, I'm in trouble with my mum. She said, why? I said, I've, I've had a big scene. I've upset Ken Barlow. She said, oh, my God, you're in trouble with your mother. And I went, I know. I actually phoned my mum up and told her. She said, well, I'm glad you told me. And uh, she watched it. She said, it wasn't that bad. I said, no, it's not over yet. <laughs> it's not really over. Fabulous, fabulous.
1: Um, I think the chemistry between you and um, Vicky Entwistle was, was was fantastic. The way you played out your scenes and things, I thought it was really, really good. I mean, you, you seemed to take to that, you know, that combination. Those, you know, it felt like you'd been married for years, and that's obviously was the idea, wasn't it? And that that came over really well very quickly. Did you find Vicky easy, to, really easy to work with?
2: Vicky Entwistle is, is a great actress, unbelievable, great actress to work with, and be around as well. You know, we'd read lines together and we'd laugh and joke, and a lot of the time we couldn't stop laughing at some of the things we were doing. And even though they were serious, it was like, God, God knows no one's ever said these things on Coronation You're swearing! And I know they've let me swear. I, I've never known that. And you know, there was times we were really, really gelled together, Vicky and myself. We gelled so well. And the girls, we all told us it became a second family to all of us, and we believed it. We 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 actually believed we were a family, and I think that's why it it, it worked so well. If there we, we, was a cross with any of us, it was it was like I have to I have to tell you that, and i go, yeah, I have to tell you, and all you know you, and then oh let's just well alright, let's get on with it, and that was the way we were. We worked hard at it, and we. We wanted it to succeed and, and be the batters bees is the way they wanted us to be. Um, and we worked hard at it. And I think Vicky worked hard, I worked hard, the two girls worked hard to become the batters. It's, it's about. It. I I thought we were the Beverly Hill believe at one point. I just couldn't stop laughing sometimes. But you no know, I think it worked well. We gelled well, the four of us gelled so well. I mean yeah. one of the hardest things we did at Vicky and myself was the rape thing with Toya. That was really hard. I mean, we, there was no laughing on that that storyline. It was like it was so serious. It was like one of our own had been really hurt, and that, that hurt the rest of us.
1: That's the great thing about about um, drama serials, isn't it? You you you've got the comedy and whatever, but you've equally got to play the the the, the drama as well, haven't you? you? Do that really well, and uh, often actually, the people who are really good at comedy are very good at you know very good at the. Uh, 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 the, the drama too just tell me because I get confused with this the actual who's the girls are the girls are the, girl, are the girls um, both supposedly lezzers or are they is one of them I, I always get mixed up as to what the relation The actual are they half sisters or what was the situation there
2: Jane Danson was my daughter Taya was Vicky's daughter we, we, I don't think, we, we, were, we were married, I can't remember who we were married. Didn't we have been together for years and years and then, I can't remember now. But they have been with us like all, all the way through life, in a way. So basically, they, they became my daughters and her daughters. Jane Dancing was my daughter, Toya was your daughter, they were our daughters.
1: Uh, and part of the backstory was, wasn't it, that Kirk had actually been best man at one of your, maybe your previous marriage or something. He was apparently, the backstory is that Kirk was your best man at some point. Yeah, I
2: think, I think I was Janice. I'm not so sure, I think I was Janice. That's why Kirk became part of the family as well because we we integrated him into the family. And then we just started, the the comedy and the drama started going together then. That's the way they let us do it then in the end. They took the badness out of us for that first two years and let us go for, especially me go for comedy and the drama but the the real down drama stuff and it was like, I do that and i've done it in films i've done it in other things. so i i i just i can switch from one to the other if you know what i mean and i found it found it hard in some of the things we did especially some of the real down scenes, like when jan uh, janice started having the affair that hurt les really badly that really hurt him and that had to be played like that for quite a while. The comedy had gone out of it then. It was all fight for you, fight for you, your wife. Like You know, it was like... And then when Les tried to kill herself on the canal and the guy she was having an affair with found him because he'd gone missing and he found him at the canal and then he gets killed in the car crash and I survived. And then there's a scene where I was... It was really, really... And Janice is going on at me, going on at me. And I'm... And then she just turns around with a line. I knew the line was coming, but I I to look as though well. I didn't even know she was going to say this. And she turns around and says, I wish it was you that died and not him. And it ends like, ladies in tears, then. and it just ends like that. And and then it starts, we start again doing whatever we've got to do next. And some, some of it was really hard and down to do, and, I mean, he you, you hits the wall in one scene, he slice down the wall, he's in tears. And I remember him saying to hey, me, Do you want to taste it? And I went, No, I can do this. And I did it. And that was the time we the comedy had gone out of it. And that was really a serious storyline the rape, the affair. So there was quite quite a lot of comedy, but there was also them times where. You, you sat on your own, you didn't speak to anyone. anymore, I had spoke to Vicky or the girls, you just sat on your own, and you, you went through it in your mind, are you going to do it? And Vicky would come in and say, are you alright? Yeah, let's go and do this. No, she said, are you alright? I went, mean, yeah, fine. These are hard things to do. I know, I know.
1: And the other thing about doing um, soap is that you, it's so fast-paced, isn't it? You're going from one thing to the other. You don't really know what's around the corner in terms of storyline, because you don't get that much... Uh, warning of things, do you? And you've got to adapt to that really quickly. It's a it's a real skill, isn't it, uh, acting in soap opera? So, so,
2: every actor in, uh, in, uh, in Coronation Street are brilliant, brilliant people. We've got a great crew, a great, great, great crew. You cannot forget that crew. They work so hard for us. The actors work with each other. It becomes a big family unit. And everybody gets on with everybody. And if you're working with them, you're going to sit with them, you're on a line, you're on a line, you're on the lines. Because you get your scripts every Tuesday and they're like so far in front and you think oh I'll change it, I'm back to being the idiot and the pain in the backside to our person again. By the time we get to that bit, you've seen all the dramatic stuff and every one of them characters in that, so God bless them they can do it as well, can change. I mean, it's the only thing I've ever worked in that changes so quick. And yet everyone does it. They're so brilliant, their matches in them that, that soap. They're unbelievable. And you know when they've got a down... You don't read anyone else's story, you only read yours. But you know when they're on a down storyline line because you've seen it coming up in shows previously. But now it's time for them to do it. You're six weeks on and they've got to do that now. And you, you, can, tell, but you can tell that they're working at it because they sat on their own. They don't talk to anyone. They're getting that in their head. They're getting what they've got to do on that piece of paper into their head, and thinking you how they're going to do it. And the beautiful thing about it was they could do it, and but that amazed me. And I thought, you've got at the very first start, the first month in there, I realized that there's a lot of adapting in this in this show. You've got to be this character in one minute, that character next, and that character next, and that character next. All of you, every one of us, have to do that. And everyone did it brilliantly. They could they could do it. And watching them talk you away, in a way, you know, they've, done it. they've been doing it for a long, long time, and you're going in there. Even don't matter what you've done before, what you've done in the past, it doesn't matter. You're now in an environment where it's changing by, by the day, and you have to adapt to that quickly. And frankly, we did. The four of us did it. So you were going into the show. That have been going
1: for by that point thirty what thirty seven years. So there's loads of characters, loads of actors that you'd uh, loads of actors that you'd grown up watching yourself. Were were there any when you first went in that you were impressed with most? You know, there were any that you, you'd watch and you would think, oh my god, I can't believe they, they can do that.
2: My first day in there, I was sh- I was shaking. I thought, like, oh my god, I mean, it wasn't. It came up the, it was Becky Driver. Come up and said, you are actually. Come here, and I'll show you how to brew up. And I went, I'll, I'll make you. you no, know, come on. And she took me in the, in the, in the tea room. She only me where everything was, how to brew up. And Bill was watching. Oh my God. And uh, I said hello and he said, Well, welcome to the show. I said, Thank you. And I'm just making a cup of tea with the right one. And he went, No, I, I have a, some tea. I, can, I don't know what tea he had, but it was. And he just does his own. And we just chatted away and he said, Well, enjoy yourself. And don't think I'm not going to be here that long. <laughs> his character not going to work. So I thought, you know, before I go, because I can't see him being him. I, I, I didn't give him. I didn't give the back debate a year myself. I just thought that the nation will turn right against them and it won't work. So, but they were brilliant with every one of them. I'll you know, come up here, wish you well, come and welcome to the show. Every one of them. There was no... No one, no one stood up. They just come and said hello to us all. Made us feel comfortable, made us feel at home. Anything you need, just ask. But well, we didn't have dressing rooms at that point because we'd just gone in. And uh, anything you wanted, you, you just ask and we'll show you where everything is. I mean, always what what do you do in the morning? We're going to breakfast first. Where do you get that from? He said, the chuck wagon. And I said, all right, OK, fine. So they, they actually showed us around and... I, I, you know, they tomatoes us the so welcome unbelievable. believe.
0: We'll be back after a quick break. But you still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You mm-hmm. feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game.
2: Yeah, nah, man. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm, y'all trying, yeah, oh, yeah, man. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying oh yeah. I'm, trying, I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah, yeah. Damn, me, y'all me, me. Yo,
1: on yo look, look, look.
0: Look, We all
2: artists, man. We go. No you feel me? We gonna have this like. Me and my man, like me and my man, Kyle. We be like, I don't know. We play. We play with this shit. I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for a lot.
1: Don't play with it. Take that shit. I mean, you, you, the thing about Coronation Street, isn't it? These people have been in all our lives for such a long time that I bet when you first arrived, there were people there that you probably, you just thought you knew anyway in a, in a way because you'd actually seen them on TV so much and then suddenly you're, <laughs> you're there with them in the Rovers and God knows what. I mean, it must be, you know, it's daunting, isn't it, in a way?
2: The worst thing you can do is call them by the character names. And especially in the green room, you don't call anyone by the character names. And that was hard. It was very, very hard. But like for me, I don't know about the others, but it was hard for me not to say Ken, Deirdre, and, 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 the, and the character names. I found, I, I, I had to bite my lip every time. I said, good morning. Don't say Ken. Morning, Bill. Uh, and it took, it took a week or so to get used to not calling and by the character names. And, you know, I was right, I just wanted to call you by your character. It happens all the time. If you've been watching it, you know, you've been watching it from the 60s and you know the character names better than you know your own name, basically. And uh, that was hard, that was hard not to call them by the character names. And if you did, you bit your lip and said, I'm sorry. Um, they understood, that they? Well, you didn't do it all the time. You know, a genuine mistake was a genuine mistake, but don't call them by the character names in the green room. Yeah, yeah I, I, I,
1: and, and actually, to be fair, uh, when actors have been in programmes for a long, long time, I've noticed this in a lot of the interviews <laughs> that I've done on Distinct Nostalgia, they also get confused about their own names as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I still get called Les even in the street now, or I go out on a Friday for a pint with the lads on a Saturday or watching the football. They look up, how are you, Les? And I just look and start smiling. All. After holy time, they're still calling me Les. And my mate will say, you're never going to lose Les. He's going to be with you for the rest of your life, Les. Les Battersby is an icon in the street. And they loved him. So he said, don't take it first. I said, I'm not taking it first. I just wish to read the credits and get my name right. <laughs> but that's part of it. You create someone, you you, you have to put up with that. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just quite after all these years I've not been in you still call him Les? So that's, that's a tribute.
1: It is. He, he was an iconic character, definitely. Um, In a moment, Bruce, I want to talk to you about some of those um, people that uh, um, Les rubbed up the wrong way uh, over the years. Uh, We'll talk about that in a moment. But first of all, let's just have a reminder. Let's just have a reminder of some of the range of things that uh, Distinct Nostalgia is doing this December to mark Corey's 60 years.
0: It's been on our tellies for six decades, and we're big fans here at Distinct Nostalgia and we're so passionate about our love for Corrie that we've put together some real treats for our listeners as we delve into the show's history this December. We're supposed to be both at university and uh, he was trying to sort of break out of this little backstreet world to better himself really. It wasn't usual for people from some street like Coronation Street to go to university. He, He changed the mould and of course people were in those times,
2: they were, they were beginning to go to university
0: We're right back to the very first episode with Ken Barlow's very first girlfriend and Alan Rothwell who played Ken's brother, David Barlow. Coronation Street went out live to start with. Oh right, yeah, yeah of course. Well that was terrifying, Yes, yeah. you had to do a half an hour of television. Yes,
1: yeah, so and get it right.
0: And get it right. Yeah. 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 Staying in the 60s, and Kenneth Cope tells us how wooing Violet Carson, Ina Sharples, landed him a role in the show as Minnie Caldwell's lodger, Sonny Jim.
2: She got me under the vine and started shouting at me, pointing a finger, pointing a finger, and saying, Get out, go away from here. People like you, 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 you don't deserve to be here. Get out and never come back, never come out. Go away, go away, go away. And our heads got closer and closer and closer. So the van, there's just a slight
1: pause, and I said, "Give us a kiss," and it just brought the house down. Everybody, the old crew
0: just laughed their heads up. From our own archives, we bring you never-before-broadcast anecdotes from Jean Alexander and Betty Driver.
2: It was Ina Sharples, Margot Brandt uh, that played Minnie Caldwell. Me. Julie Goodyear, Jean Alexander, that played Hilda Ogden, and that we all used to be together and do scenes just
0: of conversation, which I miss now. We should do more of that. Meanwhile, Amanda Barry and Chris Bisson remember their time on Coronation Street. I went in initially into the shop, Jim's Cafe, as it was then. I was invited there to sack Pat Phoenix. Oh. (sighs) You know, I, mean, <laughs> I was actually leading lady in the West End, doing me best. But actually going there to do—now you talk about nerves.
1: She was the leading lady of Coronation she oh, wasn't she? But
0: it wasn't that. It was that it was unreal. It was surreal. Everybody says it. And it's true. You're completely surreal to go into there and go. You couldn't concentrate. You were going concentrate, a man that is not else. It, it, it's Elsie Turner. It's Elsie Tana. I'm talking to Elsie Tana. I don't know what I'm going to say next. I'm just this is what you do. It was like being in the wake, being very in the middle of a dream and you're going, concentrate, Amanda, you are still supposedly an actress. Get on with it, yeah. We'll also have interviews with Julie Hesmond, Elch and Bruce Jones and many more. Make sure you join us for all the fun and don't forget to trawl our archives for loads of other Corrie interviews. Thelma Barlow, Steve Arnold, Nick Cochran, Chris Quinton, Chloe Newsome, Philip Lowry, Sherry Hewson, Madge Hindle, Martin Hancock, Tupeli Dorgu, stars from every decade of the world's longest-running drama serial. Celebrating Corrie at 60, this December, from Distinct Nostalgia.
1: So Bruce, let's uh, look at some of those uh, those funny stories and the you know the people that you uh, that Les wound up over the years. Um, one in particular, of course, was was Ken. Do you remember some of the um, things that Les did to to wind up Ken?
2: Ken did a clash with Ken. Yeah, I remember going through the rafters through, through the lofts, uh, and I put a load of Playboy magazines behind <laughs> Bishop's called I got down into Emily Bishop's house and I put a load of mag- uh, playboy magazines behind the cushions because I knew Ken used to call him and I blamed him for buying them in the corner shop. <laughs> it wasn't him, it was, it was me and he wasn't happy because he, she was blaming him as well. He was getting in trouble through these magazines and she brought it with him. Ken leaving him there for her to find. And all the time it was me. And he just went on for a while. I was going through the box the and, and then eventually Ken, <laughs> Ken heard me in the loft and decided to come up and I just got out of the loft and got back into my house. And he comes scrambling through the loft still And he, comes, he falls through the ceiling into Jane Danson's bedroom. And I do know never, bear, never And I blame him. Well this is what you've been doing, in it. And you know, it just I just I just got so far up his nose at some point in the show. But he laughed we were laughing and, and he said, This is great. This is he loved it so I thought, oh, I'm all right, he likes it, so I'm up <laughs> there. There's other things I did as well. I, I, I've set him up for quite a few things. And It was always Les against Ken, but then one day, one, there was one time when Ken got in trouble, but Les was there to help him. And, uh, it worked both ways. you know. I could argue with him, but I'd also protect him in the street. So Les had that. He, he could be the pain in the backside, but he, he was also there if he was needed.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely was. Now you came into it in 1997, so there was there was quite a lot of the older, you know, some of the older cast had been there a long time. were still there. Was was um, Bill Waddington still there as Percy
2: at that? Yeah, point? Percy, yeah, Percy was in there while I was there. Yeah, Percy was a character in real life as well as on the <laughs> I remember him telling me his war stories one day, and he said, I've, "I've I've written a book." I said, "Okay, yeah, great." He said, "I'll bring you one in." I said, right, okay, I'd like to read that. And I said, I've got to go home on. I'm on set. So I said, okay, I'll see you later, Bill. And uh, he what with him. Someone said to me, Has you promised you the book? I said, yeah. He said, okay, you'll get one tomorrow. But don't be fooled. I said, what do you mean? He said, wait, he said. I thought no more of it. went back to me as <laughs> problem The following day, Bill Percy come back in. He said, I've got your book. I said, okay, I said, Bill. And, uh. He gave it to me, and he went, that'll be five pounds something. I said, please give it to me. He went, oh, no, no, no you have to buy these. And some of the stories I heard about Bill, and I, I lived in Disney and Bill lived in Disney at the time as well, and uh, me and my wife had go to the local pub where Bill goes, and the uh, I was saying, God, comes in in the afternoon, have you got half a lettuce, have you got half a tomato from your sandwich? I and mean, we just give him half a lettuce and half a I, I, I couldn't believe it. I just started laughing. And uh, that, that was Bill. He was a, a lovely character, Bill. And that I was they were, they
1: were some great characters in you know? there. And of course, uh, the other iconic character, uh, played by Kevin Kennedy, was Curly Watts. And you clashed with him very early on, didn't you?
2: Yeah, yeah I had butted him right in one of the early, early scenes. In, uh, but me and Kevin became great friends. But I said to him, I've got a red button here. He went, I know how close you going to get I'm going to make it as real as if we were doing a film he said what do you mean I said you'll feel it but you want, I won't hurt you and I caught him on the rim of his glasses and he went back and we would finished the scene he went my god you didn't catch me I'm going to do it I'm, going to do, it. I'm going to do it he said alright don't worry I was never going to wear it I thought you had the rim of glasses but we got on like house on fire but yeah Kevin and myself we, we clashed quite a few times in the street you can't I had, I had an argument for a lot of people in this year. I was never arguing with people. Tell us about your clashes with Fred. Well, Fred was uh, the butcher, I say, I say, and all that. And I remember we were doing a, uh, uh, an, an embattlement or something, and we were doing the roundheads and the Cavaliers. And I said, what are you going to be? He said, I'm a Cavalier, I'm a roundhead. I'm going to cut your head off, And you? Then it, 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 it it him and Roy Cropper were around, and they, they, they the, the Royalists, and they, they were, and I got in the argument. I had a, and I got, in, I caused a big argument between the three of us, and walked out, and I left them two still arguing, and they didn't know what they were arguing about, and neither did I, because I, I was just making it up. I was, I acted like I knew everything about the Royalists and around us, whereas Wes didn't know anything. He was just making it up as he went along, going spanners in the works, spanners in. and and I was telling them, they were arguing over the, the stupidest thing I'd said. And it was funny. And I remember going in the green room and he went, How oh, did you get it? You got us arguing between us. I said, Well, that's what the script said. He said, Yeah, but you did it so quick. <laughs> that's what, I did, what the script said. And John Johnson said, I mean, It was lovely to work with. Absolutely lovely. Now, Les was, was
1: um, protective of, uh, of his two daughters, of course. And uh, there was one storyline where. Toya began to receive English tuition from Ken Barlow and Les wasn't particularly um, happy about that, was he?
2: No, he wasn't happy about leaving him alone with him with, with Ken because of the reputation he had with women and everything. So, and I think Les got it in his mind—a script of Les put it in his mind that there was more than English lessons going on, and Les was bang. I used to go around pounding on the door. Come on, it's time to go. And. I don't think she ever heard anything, because I was never out I was always there, so. The girl had a go at Les saying, look, she's, she's learning English, here, yeah, and she's she's doing very well at it, and, you know, you're just interrupting, interrupting. I said, I'm not having you anywhere near her. I've heard about your reputation and stuff like this with women. And that that was Les's mindset, you know. He he gets it in his head. that Nothing's happening, you know. So they, they, they picked up on, on the scripts. The writers put that in for him, and he... They'd pick up on little things I'd say and then rewrite lines around it and stuff like that. And then and I'd go and do it. <laughs> not not realising that... Uh, you know, Les acted like he hadn't got a clue. He, he he just got something in his head and he went and said it and done it. And that, that was Les. He, he he didn't think. He never thought about anything he said or did. he just come out with it. And, and no matter what he come out with, whether he's right or wrong, Les was right and everyone else was wrong. And Les could be talking the biggest loaded cod in, 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 in the world. But Sir Leslie was right, and that, that was that was a strong point in the way he was. He was always right. He's right, everyone else is wrong.
1: Now, um when I say he was protective of uh, of his daughters, he was particularly protective when this uh, young guy comes into the street, played by Martin Hancock, with all these ideas of uh, of, of oh, saving the world it, yeah. and, um, and and vegetarianism and all the rest of it. I was talking to, I interviewed Martin Hancock a few weeks ago and he was, he was speaking very fondly of you and his scenes that he had, uh, he had with you. And um, just tell us a bit about that. I mean, the, the famous thing of course is the whole, the, the whole Turkey story, isn't it?
2: Oh, the Turkey. God, that was, oh, how, how we, how we kept straight facing that one. I'll never know. We, the turkey escapes. she won't let me it. They weren't never letting me kill that turkey. At Christmas, they weren't going to let me do it. They've got in there this uh, environmentalist stuff and all that now. And and Martin, God bless him, he was wonderful away with Martin. He he convinced Sawyer that the environmental way was the best way for the world and everything. And then it went from saving the trees and all that when they were going to chop them all down to the turkey. Now I. I get her and we're arguing over this turkey saying he's going to get he's going to be, his head chops off for Christmas and they're going, no, it's not. And it's and then somehow or other, the turkey escaped. So everyone's up in arms about the turkey. So I jump in the car with Toya to go look at it. And we run the thing over. I run it over. Now, the funniest thing about that was, we well, were in the car. Uh, Toya and Les were in the car. I did this turkey, it wasn't the real one by the way. I did this turkey, and they had a guy laying in front of the car throwing feathers in the air. Now, we've got, I'm sat there with these expressions on our face, looking at each other, the turkeys, I've killed the turkey, and well. But deep down, we were trying to laugh because we knew this, <laughs> we knew one, one, one of the crew were laying on the floor in front of the car throwing these feathers in the air. As if, as if we did the turkey. So I remember when we finished the scene, we'd got it, and we got out of the car and we just doubled up laughing. And this guy lay there in the road with all the feathers all over him and we just went round the front of the car and I thought it was amazing, but we were laughing our heads off. But then I I served it up for Christmas dinner and it still had the rubber, the rubber tire marks on the turkey and no one would eat it. It was only Les would eat it. Everyone else just didn't want to have it. I think Sawyer fell out with him for a couple of days after that one. But the influence Martin, I don't know, was a big worry for Janice and Les because he was really influencing Sawyer. But they did it. They did they a great job, Martin. He was wonderful to work with. He was a great lad. But he lived in with Emily Bishop. And then there was one time he was... There was this sound coming through the walls. There's, and, so, and we sat there and saw so I heard James and, and we could hear it, he's just woo, 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 coming through the walls. And I'm banging on the wall and was still going. So I ran round to we house, barged in. And he sat there and I said, what the hell are you doing? He said, I'm playing me digitally do I said, well, from now on, it's a digity-do. And walked out and then um, got back in the number five and it stopped. And, I, and then all I got was a dirty look-off So I said, what have you said? I just said, I thought we of stopped playing that thing, what he's got, that, that piece of wood. She said, You mean a did do? I said, Yeah, well, from now on, it's a Did you don't? And I sold it. And <laughs> some of the scenes we had were really funny. So, yeah, it was, good. It was great working with him. Lovely. <laughs> Lo-
1: lovely guy, you're absolutely right. Really nice chap. And um, what about the clashes between you and Janice? Because they were quite memorable, weren't they? <sighs> Who, Janice always really got the upper hand eventually, didn't she?
2: Always, always. There was a scene in the rogers, and she'd been to the shop, the corner shop, and she'd bought a bag of potatoes. Now I'd done something wrong and I can't remember what I did wrong but I know I'd done something really wrong and I was in her bad books. And I I was in the rogers when she come in with the, the shop and the bag of potatoes and whatever else. And Janice is a, it's a feisty character. She can be really feisty. I don't know what She's supposed to whip me. <laughs> um, well, I, I can't remember what I'd done wrong, but I'd done something really bad. I was in her bad books for days. But in her hand, she had this bag of potatoes she was supposed to whip me with. And she swung round with the potatoes in her hand. She would she had them in her hand because of the, the, the move she had to get in to do the scene. She turned round to whip me and the potatoes caught me in the groin. I hit that deck like you wouldn't believe well, the place just everyone just all about laughing I'm on the floor in pain and she got down she went, I'm sorry I'm sorry I forgot I have to <laughs> <laughs> you forgot I mean I can it, yeah, I have to go and sit down somewhere about that but no I have a cigarette and just and she called, said you're alright you're alright I'm fine. I'm fine next time you're going to whip me make sure you've got nothing in your hands <laughs> but no she was she was great I loved her
1: yeah she was she was brilliant
2: um, and I think I think both of you in a way are uh,
1: you know, pretty pretty missed um, missed missed characters. Um, what do you think? Um, you know, obviously you were in it for. I think you were in it for ten years, weren't you? All together, is that right? Yeah, just sure. over ten years.
2: Because I, I ended up marrying Silla. Uh,
1: what is it about Les that he attracts sort of these very feisty women?
2: I don't know. I have to ask myself that question. Why does Les end up always on the losing side with women? I, Wendy was Wendy Peters was one of one element actress to work with. She was brilliant. I I went from one great actress to another. But I think deep down, I, I was I was even though I was having a great time with Silver, I mean status quo and all that storylines and everything. And but I think deep down, I'd been too long with, with, with Janice, if that makes sense. And uh, I know when I was going home with an eye on, I'd get the train home. I, sit there thinking, I sometimes wish I was back with Vicky and no disrespect to Wendy Peters, it, she was brilliant to be with, absolutely brilliant. But when you've been with someone for over eight years as a couple, it's it's getting used to that new couple and how it works. But we made it work. Phil and Les, they, they, it worked well together, but I, I still miss Vicky uh, and I think that's me something. I think you now and again it, it that I was. Always...
1: It it changes the dynamics, doesn't it? Because you're working with somebody completely different, and you've got to play it slightly yeah. differently, and it, it will change the, the 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 dynamics. But just talk about the status quo thing, because I mean, you're you're a fan of status quo anyway, aren't you? If I remember rightly.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm a massive big fan of status quo. I I remember how how they got into the show was I went to see him at the. Uh, Apollo in Manchester, and the management were told that I was in the downstairs VIP bar. i come down to, to like to meet the boys? And I went, Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. I've been a fan of theirs for, for years. Anyway, I went up, it was about quarter to seven, and uh, I went into the dressing room. I remember there's, there's Francis and Rick, and I all shook hands with him and we're talking. Wayne. And it suddenly got to 20 past seven, 25 past seven. Which only seemed like five minutes to me, but we'd been in there and talking about the band and the years and the songs. And, and then the manager came in and he went, that's it, you have to, everyone's got to leave now. I said, all right, okay, I'll, see. I'll be down. I can't wait for the show to start. That won't start till after eight o'clock. It'll be about half eight when the show starts. Probably quarter to nine when the call are on. I so, said, okay, fine. Why is that? I said, he said, well, they won't work until they've watched Coronation Street. I said, what? They're addicted fans to Coronation Street. I said, you've got to be joking me. He said, no, and especially you. They will not miss you on that show. I said, You're joking. He went, no. Well, I went back in work on a Monday. I was telling the producer at the time that I custodial status quo what, what, to do and they won't go to work without something. I don't want to be old and talk to me. I got I got to the office. We're like, bringing status quo in. They're working with you, and the storyline is about you and them. And then when they come into the show, it, it, it was great because they come in quite a while before they get on screen to do all the filming. And then I remember Chesney coming in the house, and I didn't believe they were in the Rovers, but it turns out. They remember me from years back because I, I, I dragged one of them off stage and damaged his neck badly, so they beat me up. So I've got I've got the acclaim of being beaten up by status quo. As bad as you get beaten up by by status quo, which was an amazing storyline. And then um, obviously uh, I I go to and We come to a compromise, and it was it was all staged that I was doing this to so get him to play at Les and Silla's wedding, and they did it. No, that was a great day. everyone loved that day filming with them playing and, and everyone dancing around it was great <laughs> absolutely great day. everyone loved it so that's, that's that, that was his exit line he's gone off with status quo and I said I rode it and apparently he's still with him Would you like to return to Corrie? Les couldn't just walk back in there and be Les again he'd be different he, he, he wouldn't be that Les you knew he'd be totally different He'd, he'd, to a point, he'd be different, and you know how different, I don't know. But he would be different now, in a way. I think he'd still be that cocky, but I don't think that'd come out if he went back till later on. I think that'd be a bit wary, get your feet under the table a bit, and then change it. But I don't know. I don't know. Never say never is my answer, never say never. In and I've done like six movies since I've left there and other TV series, and, and I think, don't don't ever watch anything else that's only Coronation Street, but as I said earlier, it's a privilege that they still know me and recognise me as Les, which is I think it's a great uh, tribute to Coronation Street, 60 years on, and I'm glad they still recognise me and they still love Les, so I must have achieved something well to get that up.
1: I mean, Leanne, the character of Leanne, Jane Danson's character, of course, has had some big storylines recently and she could probably do with her father around at some point, couldn't she, really? Uh,
2: I, I, I've been out in the pub and I've been out shopping and I've been out wherever and people come and said Leanne needs you, go back now, she needs you. And people are telling me off in the street, Leanne needs you, you should go back there now and sort of get it all sorted out for you, Leanne. And I, I think to myself, they still think I'm Les, you know. And I go, right, I'll see what I can do. I'll try and get and see it If I can get, get a break, I'll go and see what I can do for her. And I just sort of say that to people and start smiling. And they want him back. And they they, they wanted him back with her, with Rihanna. With and people stop. how dare you let your daughter, I was getting in trouble for not being there. How dare you let your daughter suffer like this. You, what sort of a man I am. Women were telling me off. And I thought, oh God, it's like being Les in the first two years again, all over again. And I'm not in
1: the show. Yeah, you never, you never, you, you never up. leave the character. The character never leaves you, does it? When you, when it's such a big, a big character. But what have you, what have you thought about? What have you felt about um, Jane's um, starring role recently? I mean, she's done fanta- fantastically,
2: hasn't she? Oh, she's. I don't think I I I I don't think I could see anyone else doing what she did. I think she was just absolutely fantastic. She should get an award for that. If she doesn't get an award for that portrayal she did, there's something that doesn't justice because she was absolutely outstanding. I was in tears without watching it, and I thought, oh God. I I actually said to myself one night, she was going through when the baby was dying, I was, and I sat on my own watching, it and I, I had tears in my eyes. I just had tears in I was watching her, and I thought, oh my God, I wish she was there with you. I knew the baby was going to die, and I thought, I can't watch the rest of this. I can't watch her go through what she's has she She did it so, so, she did it award-winning. She was award-winning for that. And I thought, I can't watch it when the baby dies. I can't watch her go through that hell. So I didn't watch the actual dying of the baby. I didn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. I felt felt for her, I mean, and she's got kids of her own. It must have been horrible for her to go through that. I mean, it it, it must have been the way she handled it, the way she did it. I mean, come on, she was absolutely brilliant. Everyone, everyone who watched her could see how how great an actress she was, how brilliant she was, how well she played it, how well she composed herself. And she never let herself down. She never let anyone down. which is absolutely brilliant.
1: Because today, of course, on the street, there's not the opportunity to do it several times and whatever. You know, she will have done most of that in in one take, won't
2: she? No, they'll have give it. will broke it down for her because of the tears involved. They'll have broke it down, let her go, and compose herself, be on her own. See, when you're doing things like that, I, I know in my in my world, if I'm doing things like that, I, I'm on my own. I don't go anywhere near anyone. If I've got a crying scene. I go on my own i don't talk or laugh i don't let anyone joke with me i go on my own so i'm, I'm wanting back on set and go through it again and i think jane's a bit like that she would have gone and stood on her own or gone somewhere on her own and just been on her own to think about it get it in her head get called back on set and then do what she had to do and as i said earlier she did it outstanding.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Finally then, um, Bruce, lovely to talk to you. Some great stories of uh, your time in in Coronation Street. What do you make of it then? 60 years, six decades. I mean, you were there for 10 of those. Uh, There's been 23 years have gone since then. I mean, it's going to go on forever, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I was looking up to do the live 40th anniversary one. We did that live. And we all met Prince Charles after that. The, the strength of the street is the writing and the characters and the crew. You cannot walk in that street and think you you are, whatever. You've got to be part of it. You've really got to be part of that crew. You've got to get to know them. The, the, the actors, you've got to get to know them. You, it, it's just a, it becomes a big family unit that you, you you're involved in, and, and it's one for all and all for one in there, you know. And uh, that, that's the crew, the production, the writers everything it's all for one and that's how it works and that's why i'll last another 60 years and maybe longer and maybe longer and i can never see it ending because of the way it's portrayed it's, it's, it's getting a bit more modernized now it's coming up again to another era and they'll just go with it they'll go with the way it is i mean I, I, if they're going to do anything on coronavirus i don't know uh i mean the story with jane dancing that, that that's a story that's happening everywhere around the world what she went through that's a, and they've shown it and they were brave to do that and that's the thing about coronation street they're brave to tackle subjects like they tackle the rape they've tackled like they tackle family abuse now and whatever. they're not scared of tackling everyday issues that affect people all around the world and that's the beauty of Coronation Street. They can do it, and they can do it so well, that makes them the greatest soap in the world for my money. And they they they, they they, they, they will carry on doing these things. They will carry on doing the storylines that break the mould of drama, and they'll, they'll go further and further with it. And that'll set Coronation Street, 160 years, I think, the way they do it. It's just brilliant
1: the way they do it. And, of course, it's shown in 130 different countries. We forget that when we're watching it here, that it, everywhere around the world watches Coronation Street, don't they?
2: And I, went, I went to Canada twice, and I, I, I couldn't walk the streets in Canada. I couldn't walk it along the street. Uh, I mean, I, I had to see my police come up to me one day. Was, I, I stopped the traffic outside my hotel. All I was doing was having a smoke. But buses stopped, taxis, everyone got out. and running up, and we can have, you can be in trouble for this. And I'm like, I'm only, I've to come out for a smoke. She said, well, put it out and go back in quick. You can get this traffic going. And I went back in and I thought, what just happened? I, I just, what just happened? And Sandra come down and she said, what's wrong? I've just got told off of the police. And I said, I could be in trouble. She said, "Why?" Well, I've got to wait here for him to come back in. I said, all the traffic stops in, in the road and people got out of buses and tracks in cars, wanting well, you know, autographs and photographs. She said, what, outside the old cellar? I went, yeah. She said, what was you doing out there? I said, I went out for a smoke. She said, you stopped traffic? I went, yeah. Anyway, the policeman come back in, he says. Don't go out there again. They went to the manager. He said, "Place you can smoke without going out on the road. He said, yeah, you can go out the back where the staff goes. I said, that's fine, thank you. And... Uh, He said, before I go, I have an autograph in your autograph. So I had my pictures up with the policeman and give him an autograph. And we both started laughing. I went, I thought he was going to butt me then for a minute. He went, no, no, it's not your fault. Everybody in Canada loves you. So I thought, well, I've got to go out later on. He said, just get in the car and go. Don't go out in the street for the smoke. I thought, why not? Yeah, it's, 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 it's everywhere, isn't it? Everywhere. Uh, Bruce, oh. it's,
1: it, it, Bruce, it's been absolutely a delight to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very
0: much. Thank you. Distinct Nostalgia is produced by MIM and there are loads more excellent shows to listen to on our website. Danny Rogers recalls growing up with 321's Dusty Bin. So my first encounter with Dusty Bidden was my dad sort of wheeling him out as a young boy. I had no clue what this thing was and I was frightened, of course, but as it went on I was like, oh, this is my new best friend (laughs) and I was one of the lucky few that actually had one in their bedroom. Kathy Gorey discusses the legacy of Rosemary the telephone operator. Halal, halal. I had an effect on a bunch of Gen Xers or maybe I was their first female crush or something, but I meet men, some of them quite powerful now, who grew up watching me, watching Rosemary, rather. But I thought, this is nuts. And they let me do pretty much what I wanted to do. Everything was always rhyming. Some you call the police department on Hong Kong. And that's that's what I thought Rosemary would sound like. And John Boy himself talks about his childhood with the Waltons. It was really one of the great ensemble TV shows. I mean, we had 11 regulars. And although the story was told from John Boy's point of view, one of the great things about the show was the main story could be about the little. Kid, one week, or it could be about the grandparents. So you had all this wonderful generational comprehensiveness about it. And so I would call it first and foremost a great ensemble. These programs and many more are available at distinctnostalgia.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to be notified whenever a new episode becomes available. And if you like what we do, then please consider supporting us on Patreon. Every penny helps us to make even more amazing content just for you. Go to distinctnostalgia.com and click on the donate button. Thank you for listening and bye for now. Distinct Nostalgia is brought to you in partnership with Life Rooms and MerseyCare NHS Foundation Trust. We've lots of activities for you to do at home at liferooms.org. Staying well, staying home.